This is going to be interesting, so hopefully it's safe <laughs> recording. And if not, I'm going to go ahead and do this once again. Ladies and gents, welcome back to the podcast. We had a very dope 30-minute interesting discussion before the podcast. podcast that went. Went. I'm going to keep everything clean because I was going to say some choice words. But I'm not going to say no choice words. Actually, the other podcast we did earlier, they get done. So that's cool because I will listen back to it. And so this right here will be part two then. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a notification that said your recorder is done. I was doing some other stuff over here to join you, but then I didn't hear you no more. I was like, oh, it went out. <laughs> So, ladies and just okay, before we go back to the Jonathan story, y'all, because I'm, I'm going to read back from it, because, all right, I'm going to say like this. Who you hear on the podcast right now is my bro by the name of Manny, a.k.a. Manuel Sartores in his house. <laughs> That's my brother from another brother. Brother from another mother. <laughs> Dang. You know that you know. I like to keep it authentic in the podcast because uh, you can be free. Most folks like you gotta get this equipment, you gotta do this. It has to be perfect and everything else. Because if we mess up, no, I'm gonna tell you right now. In life, you always mess. Up. Things is not gonna be perfect. Love the imperfections because going on. But my bro, many I forgot to mention in part one before it. Asked out and excuse me, lazy just let, let me let me let me let you guys know right now. Your boy's a Christian, that's not perfect. None of us Christians are perfect here. None of us are cross followers are not perfect. So let's keep that real. For those of you that know my podcast, you know sometimes my tongue gets slipped <laughs> with choice words. Any institution that comes from religion is perfect. Period. We're created unperfect by the Almighty. So therefore, yeah, judge one. You're judging yourself. Don't Take the plank. You be judge. My favorite line. <laughs> Take the plank out of your eye before you try to take the plank out your brother's eye. Yeah. Did Jesus not say that? And love My bad. Love is action. So if we're speaking some trivialing truth to you, um. We do apologize for your inconvenience, but at the same time, this is God's word, whether you like it or not. That part. And as I, as me and my brother bro been seeing, it's been, it's a small revela- revolution that's happening right now. Small revival of folks reading the ancient texts of Jasher, a patriarch. So I forgot to mention, so you guys say, who did they of Jacob, of Israel, they really have written letters to their descendants. Some of us as blended with different parts of the church. And we are putting a man, Just say it is our forefathers' children that have wrote these pieces because they were busy talking with the Almighty. Like that, Lisa, this, that's very much true because there's other thing as well, too. In all accounts from all 12 sons, they do mention the Savior being Jesus Christ. But what they say is, is God coming in the form of man. That's how they mention him. Okay, you uh-huh. guys 
I'm pretty sure everyone loves Christmas. The birth of Jesus. Think of it that way. Before Jesus is even born, they're already talking about the birth. It's like 12 months for that year they've been talking about that brother. I kid you not. So if you think about Christmas, this is exactly the beginnings of how Jesus is going to be born, to be raised, and to lead the church. All of these characters that we name in these references to the Bible because they are referenced. Enoch, Mary Magdalene, Thomas, and etc. Because I can't think of the other ones at the moment. Peter, John, James, Barnabas, Barak, Jeremiah, Hosea, Ezekiel, Zechariah, Josiah, Solomon, David. We got Joseph. We got Moses. We got Jonathan. We got Saul. We got Paul. We got Timothy, we got Silas, we got Ruth, we got Hannah, we got Mary, Madeline, Mary Mothers, uh, Mary Mothers, wow, <laughs> Jesus, Mama. <laughs> we got the other Mary that was a prostitute. We got Ruth, we got Naomi, we got Deborah, the prophetess inside the book of Judges, which when we get to the book of Judges and talk about how a Levitical priest had a concubine that was a hoe, low key, and had her chopped up in 12 pieces to give to the. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be dark, guys. It's gonna be dark. It's, it's not a happy, happy Christmas. Here's a gift for you. And then you pull out an arm, you pull out a leg. No, no, no. It, it's, a, it's really dark, guys. It's really dark. But at the same time, there is salvation to it. It's not just about Jesus dying on the cross, being the dark side where he got whooped and pretty much his skin was like tearing off or coming off because of the whip that they have back in the day. It wasn't really a whip. It, it was a really torture device. It had lion's claws at the end of it. Spikes and thorns whipping into it. So no matter where they went, wacky with it, pieces of the flesh would have been down on the ground. And there is historical evidence of it in most of the museums that they have for torture devices. I just don't remember where I saw that on Google. I'll have to do research. If y'all still interested, let Q know. <laughs> uh, I'll do some more research on that if you guys want to know. Just take a look, ladies and gents, at how the Romans had the they torture system with the criminals. Or I'll give you a perfect example. You want to look at the little uh, device? Watch the Passion of Christ. When they're flogging, as they call it in the Bible. Jesus. When he's getting ready to before going to the cross and going back to be a judge by the pharisaical Jews that hated him because they knew who he actually was. But they just didn't want to admit it because of their pride and their arrogance and the lust that they had within themselves. Look, this is something that everybody knows, including if you watch PBS the British had way worse mechanisms back in their time to force prisoners to talk and to give out locations and whereabouts of certain individuals during war times. They would have a device that would stretch you all the way until your limbs just literally came off. Matter of fact, ladies and gents, I could give you scripture to where that's at. But before I do that and give you the book of Jasher, because I am will mention that right now. <laughs> before the podcast had cut off, we were talking about vibration. And I was reading from First Samuel chapter 14. 
because when Jonathan and the armor bearer went into the Philistine camp, they had killed them, and then panic had broke out in the Philistine army to where both in the camp of the field, including even apples and raiding parties, an earthquake struck, which terrified everybody. But if you hear, but if you read it from like the King James version or like I said, the RV eighteen ninety five edition, it says trembling. So before the podcast, oh, I got listen, cut off. Listen, yes, sir. Listen to what Samuel says. Then the earthquake and trembled, and the foundation of the heaven shook. They quaked because of his anger. That's one example of vibration. Literally, I use spiders because their webs do cause vibration, even if it's from the air, from the water, or a slight little touch on the ground. It causes a ripple effect. And what I mean by vibrations that we don't see, feel, or can even touch, we do sense it. Like an antenna, like an airway. Like these devices, antennas, literally are capturing my voice, which vibrates through my mouth, going in through a microphone, capturing every single air particle, giving you sound. Yes, I went scientific, but it is that way that I understand it, scientifically. I recently discovered that I'm from the tribe of Jude, uh, Levi. And the Levi's really were the ones that were keeping scripture manuscripts safe. They were the guardians, literally, of the word. And also its captors. And for those that's like in the Bible, it's in part of the ancient text. So let me give you guys the accounts of the tribe of Levi. So like I said, buckle up, Dorothy, because wherever you live in your state, it's going bye-bye. And what I mean by it's going bye-bye, I mean, we're, lo- we're well, losing. I was reading a different article. That's why I said that. We're literally, by the grace of the Holy Spirit, have been inspired by that most definitely has opened up our horizon to really understand that the ancient text does line up with actual scripture. So, as soon as the 12 pages I have on my phone, I totally forgot, but I'm not trying to jump off from doing that. So, bear with me, ladies and gents. Actually, you know what? Let me go back to Firefox because I do have it bookmarked on here somewhere. So let me go ahead and type in the testament. That's not it. If not, then what I will do, you know what? There we go. Booyah. Thank you for the guy. So inside of, I will say this, inside of the Orthodox Church, uh, the Ethiopians and other individuals, they do have the account of the 12 patriarchs. For those in the Christian denominations, we don't have it because, let me just keep it real, the Vatican Church and most other churches have said it's not canonical in a certain sense. Now, like I said, we're still learning as well. So I don't want to piss anybody off. That's like, that's not what they have said, and, woo, 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 and we'll fight you. You do not want to catch these hands. <laughs> so don't even try that. You guys know damn well. That's how I start my podcast. I don't play that. So, like I said, we're still learning in this journey, ladies and just like everybody else. But let me read from the Testament of Levi, the third son of Jacob and Leah. Or I shall, shall I call him Uncle Levi. Because there is this. Matter of fact, because it's 24 chapters, if I'm not mistaken. No, 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 not 24, but as well. 19 in here, but in a different book that I have, they actually split it up. I will go ahead and read. So, th- I'm going to put it like this. 
The testaments of Jacob's sons being Israel's sons is basically their accounts, their letters and their writings to us as different descendants of different people. Well, I'll put it like this. Us as individuals are our descendants of these different tribes. Like when bro say from the tribe of Levi. With me, I say I'm part of the tribe of Reuben and part of the tribe of Judah. Part of the reason being, I have a warrior type spirit. That most definitely. You guys hear me turn up sometimes in my podcast. That's my warrior side coming out. Judah was the men of war. <laughs> Literally. And in the book of Jasher, the true story of Joseph. Judah and Joseph almost have a confrontation. And most folks and most theologians say, well, the book of Jasher is not going to go. Or the work says Alice not going to go. Because it's impossible that Jacob's sons can have superhero natural abilities. Um, nothing is past is possible. I mean, nothing is not I put it like this. Nothing is not impossible when you follow God. And when most folks say, you know, supernatural abilities, um, the folk forget about Samson. You guys know Samson inside the book of Judges. You know Samson, the young cat that was crazy as heck. That was a NASA, right? Samsung. And other, folks, and other folks like Samsung had made contracts with the Almighty. Even before Samsung, the people he just mentioned. He's, he's <laughs> not saying Samsung like the phones, ladies. Jesse said Samsung. <laughs> Samson. There you go. Like the Samson. <laughs> go ahead, brother. I've made contracts, man. People have made contracts with demons. It's not so fresh for us we can make contracts with angels. Same principles on a different platform. Only thing is, it's crazy to think about it, but it is true though. Enoch completely shows us in its diary, because it is part of the Bible, but it's also a diary of the angels that taught witchcraft in a way that is angelic. Sementia taught enchantments and root cuttings for people to give as offerings as to make a contract. And that was an angel for a human. So it's not so far-fetched that in Jasher's account, they would have such things as strength, flight, telekinesis, and teleportation. Continue, bro. Continue. Continue. So, ladies and gents, because I know you guys are like, well, how the heck did he jump from that to that? So let me go into the book of Judges. So you guys can understand what he means by... They had a contract with the Lord. So if you go deeper into the book of Judges and everything, go past Gibeon, go past, um, whatchamacallit, Jeroboam, go past Deborah, go past Abimelech, and whatnot. Because I'm trying to find, because I know it's in Judges up in here somewhere. Where is it at? Where did I pass Samson? I'm trying to get to the story because... His parents have made a pact, or as my bro said, an oath to the Lord. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Judges chapter 13. I'm going to talk about Uncle Samson. <laughs> I, get re- I, I love Uncle Samson because of this. He was crazy as heck. And here's the reason why. Judges chapter 13. This is where Israelites truly was just set tripping. When I mean set tripping, I mean they literally have went away from following God. Oh, also, before we get to Judges chapter um, 13, in regards to the vibration, we do research in scriptures and everything once again. It mentioned this as trembling. So some folks are like, well, what's the Greek and everything? Don't worry about what we're going through the Greek stuff and Hebrew concordance, all of that. An upcoming podcast. It's like I said right now, this is just a test. 
This would have been done heck a lot much more earlier, but you know, with these telecommuting spiritual we have certain size of the spiritual forces don't like what we're talking about. So of course you're gonna have things that's gonna mess up and everything. But I will say this from an account of King David, where he says, Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Psalms chapter two, verse eleven. Or Psalms chapter sixty-eight. Verse 8, the earth tremble, meaning vibrate, vibrated. The heavens also drop at the presence of God. Even Yon Sinai tremble at the presence of God, the God of Israel. Meaning those who was living on Mount Sinai and whatnot was trembling or vibrating at God's presence or quaking. So when my bro mentioned vibration, I know some guys like, that sounds new agey. You will have to look at the root word within a concordance or inside the Bible to actually understand exactly what's being said. Judges chapter 13. Let me read you guys how Samson was born so you guys can understand. And the children of Israel again did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines 40 years. And there was a certain man of Sorah of the family of the Danites from the tribe of Dan, whose name was Monoah, and his wife was barren, meaning she did not have children, and bear not. I'm reading from the Refi's 1895 edition, so excuse the ye o English. There's a reason why I'm reading from this point, because it gives more accounts. So, it says, The angel of the Lord appeared to the woman, and said unto her, Behold now, that art barren, and bearest not. But you shall conceive and bear a son. Now, therefore, beware. I pray you. Here's part of the oath. Drink no wine, nor strong drink, or eat anything unclean. For lo, you shall conceive and bear a son. And no razor shall come upon his head. For the child should be a Nazarite unto God from the womb. And he shall begin to save Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Then the woman came and told her husband, saying, A man of God, meaning of angel, came to me. And his countenance was like the countenance of the angel of God, very terrible. And I asked him not which he was. Neither told me he me his name. So when she said that the countenance of the angel of God was very terrible, let me let you guys know right now. You see in the movies, the angels looking like all heavily and they looking all pearly and shining white. <laughs> Some angels it look like that to certain people. But to um, what you call it? Manoah's wife. She didn't see the angel that looked beautiful. God has certain angels that will kind of look like Loki demons, but they're not demons because God created different things. If you ever heard of a cherubim, sephirim, urium, and all the rest of them, <laughs> that's bars of different angels. There's the Ophiums, which is a giant eye in the middle, and if I'm not mistaken, and it's a wheel of eyes, like, like multiple circles with eyes around it. They have a higher rank compared to a Sephiroth. Sephiroth does have six wings, if I'm not mistaken, and it does have multiple faces. Face of an ox, face of a lion, I believe face of a bear, and the face of a man. Actually, no, face of an eagle. Eagle, ox, aka bull, lion, and a man. Now, that is significant because on God's throne, on the right-hand side of his throne is man which represents Jesus Christ. On the left-hand side, if I can picture this correctly, should be an eagle that has many eyes on his body. There's a lion that's also on the right hand, but in the back part, that has many eyes on his body. And there's an ox as well. Those are synonymous and significant to God as well, being the four corners of the earth, four corners of so you take a look at Sephiroth, they have part of that. So trust, God has created some out of ordinary type angel like 
Yu-Gi-Oh! Digimon-looking creature thingies that when most folks seen angels in the Bible, they seen the ones that look like man, and they seen the ones that look like one little, little Yu-Gi-Oh! cars, creature things. Like, what the heck? This looks demonic. At the same time, the way that God created it, he created it like that for a reason. As also creation as humans. Yeah, we live the in the... The cherubims are, from what I can see on DuckDuckGo, um, the cherubims are the closest to being humanistic, except for the animal heads that they carry on, you know, on the side of them and their wings. Pretty much, they're all wounded, which is pretty cool. I don't know what a cherub is. Sphinx. Where I got what the cherubim actually looked like. They tried to create the own of uh, half lion type eagle thingy with a human face. Where God creates us beautiful, the enemy creates it for destruction. But here's the main question before I get back into <laughs> Judge Chapter 13 that I know some of you guys are asking. And it's on my spirit. Because somebody's saying it in the spiritual realm. And I hear him say it. And that is, if God is all knowing and so powerful, why can he not stop evil? Why can he not stop the devil? Like, why did he create good and evil? And why is the world the way it is? Why all this is happening, yada, 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 yada. We got to go to the fall, the rebellion. Whatever happened in heaven with Lucifer, a.k.a. Satan's design, something happened. We don't know what happened. We don't know if there's scripture for that. If there is scripture, it most definitely has to be from the angelic side. That they had created and they got it hidden down, probably probably in the river Euphrates. To which, if you read Joshua chapter no Jeremiah chapter fifty one, certain scroll certain words that Jeremiah has spoke about, because God told him, everything you write, put around a stone, throw into the sea of Euphrates. So I believe it's more works that Jeremiah had talked about. That's not inside the Bible. What is that? The Euphrates River, if you actually look at it right now in this age of 2022, um, has been receding. So folks said that there's a legend, but it's not a legend. There are four demonic beings, mainly Aselza and those as mentioned in Enoch, that they bound to chains that's going to be released onto the earth pretty soon. Because of God's second coming. There is another angel that is the map of it. We're reading the book of Enoch. It's under deep underground, somewhere in Egypt. Which is why you see the Egyptians worshiping and deities. Azazel. Yeah. Azazel, excuse me. Azazel. But not Azazel, but Azazel. There we go, ladies and gents. And I'll get his names mixed up sometimes. But he is no, bound. I, no, mm-hmm. man, there's a whole bunch of ones with the E ending in the EL, like Kokabel. Kokabel, mm-hmm. he's the one that taught constellations. Ezekiel, not Ezekiel, but Ezekiel, mm-hmm. the one that, that knows the knowledge of the clouds. And there are many. I don't understand what he's talking about. It's about astrology, study of the stars. Uh-huh. Which some individuals do practice that to this day, not realizing that you try to study the stars, you study the different spirits mm-hmm. of those entities. So, you guys like different spirits? Yeah. God has created different set spirits for. Water is a spirit, fire is a spirit, earth is a spirit, light, darkness. 
they're all spirits. Sun and the moon is a spirit as well, too. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, we can give you guys perfect example of that. <laughs> give me perfect example of that before we go back to the book of Judges. So you guys, whatever you're saying to yourself, how huh, is moon and spirit? I give you guys a very perfect one. You already know that when a woman has her period, I'm keeping everything authentic in this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. So if you hear me say vagina, penis, and other type of stuff like that, just know, you guys know I do my podcast. We're not sugarcoated. We are adults here. We're adults. So we're using the full, as it's called, scientific word and not just going off of uh, trying to make it sound PG-13. Nah. You're going on a rated R ride. And most definitely, everything inside the Bible is raw. So, <laughs> when women are going through their period... <laughs> And everything else during different <laughs> full moons when you guys are cramping up. Do not get the game twisted. The moon has a particular spirit that does attribute to that. With us guys, the moon will affect our emotions and feelings. Some of you that's so masculine say, no, that doesn't happen to me. I call bullcrap on that. Because I know there are certain full moons why I'm feeling hella energized, superty duperty happy, and life is just cool. And there are certain full moons that are anonymous. I'll give you another perfect example. Both Solomon and King David has said, matter of fact, let me give you guys, let me give you a scripture. We'll go back to Judges chapter 13. Matter of fact, I already told you guys the oath that the angel had told. Oh, cute. <laughs> yes. One angel that popped out in my head just now and in the book just now based on the whole moon sign thing. Okay. Uh, Zeriel, S-A-R-I-E with the little triangle thingy, L, mm -hmm. taught the course of the moon. So each moon phase gives you a different sign <clears throat> or different vibration on how you're going to be feeling. So you are right. And there will sometimes be a horny moon. <laughs> Most of the time, that would be the crescent moon. I guess certain people horny, believe it or not. So let me let you guys understand what you talk about in regards to the horny moon. He's talking about the one, talk about the moon of lust. The moon that has very strong, lustful desires, a lustful pull. That will most definitely have folks feel some type of way. Very romantic, romantic for those ladies. Very romantic vibes, girls. I will say this. For those that are married, yes. Matter of fact, let's go into scripture and everything. Because, like I said, King David talks about it a lot. Actually... <laughs> And the reason why I say talks about it a lot because he asks God, literally, don't let the moon shine its ray and stuff like that. And I'm trying to find part of that with inside here. Do you think Solomon said, let it all shine on me? <laughs> Solomon, so Solomon was one of those uh, brothers that I can see. They go like, let it shine on me. I can sure use a deep breather. <laughs> Actually, ladies and gentlemen, if you read so um, Songs of Solomon, you would get some type of information like that. But Songs of Solomon is actually a representation of Jesus Christ, of his love for the church. Even though it's very explicit in nature of how the poetry is, because it doesn't sound hypersexual. You got to take a look at it, the deeper meaning of it to fully understand <laughs> what it actually means. And all these references books, definitely deep meanings. Um, I would say they go into deeper, meaningful for the heavenly realms that we are trying to understand. Rather than the biblical, which is 
well, I'm not going to show record it. It's edited because most of these books have been taken out, but they still put it as a reference just so you can go back to these books and actually go and see what's going on, what happened. It's pretty much canonical. It's canonical. And if y'all get enraged on that, get yourself one of the Enoch books. Get yourself familiar with the names of the angels. See the movies that are coming out. See the movies that have already been out, especially the ones from the Avengers. Um, the Eternals. The Eternals. Shoot, I'll even go as far as the Incredible Hulk. Because literally, gene splicing and mixing radiation to create some new blood sample and then re-putting it back, introducing it, does have a mutating effect. One of my favorite characters from the Avengers is the Hulk. Strong as a vengeance. <laughs> Screw Thor. <laughs> I know some of y'all like Thor, so yeah, but Hulk beats him. Hulk beats him to a pole. He lets himself. <laughs> I'm gonna give you guys something crazy. Joshua chapter 10, verse 13. The sun is still still. The moon stayed until the nation had avenged themselves of their enemies. It's just not written in the book of Jasher. And the sun stayed in the midst of heaven and hastened not to go down without a day. This part of the story of the moon stays still and the sun stays still. That's why I said that they are particular spirits. It was a situation that happened with the um, Israelites and everything. Matter of fact, let me go ahead and read it to you guys. Read 1895 edition. Now it came to pass where Aldon, Siddiq, king of Jerusalem, heard how Joshua had taken I, AI, and everything, and, utter, and had utterly destroyed it as he had done to Jericho and her king. So he had done to AI and her king, and how the inhabitants of Gibeon had made peace with Israel and were among them. Like they fared greatly because Gibeon was a great city. That's one of the royal cities. And because it was greater than I. Not I like the letter I, but it's A and I. So I. So I'm trying to pronounce something differently. Anyways, and all the men thereof were mighty. Wherefore, Adani, said the king of Jerusalem, set unto Hoham, king of Hebron. Before I go any further, the city of Hebron, which is still here till this day has a whole lot of history especially inside the book of jasher the city of hebron is where joseph and his brothers isaac and rebecca jacob and rachel abraham and sarai are buried at literally their bones is buried in the city of Hebron. Same thing with King David. Like their tombs are still there. That particular city has seen a whole lot of spiritualness, warfare, bloodshed, everything. But let me continue though with, Josh, with Joshua chapter 10 and remain there first three. So he sent to Hoham, king of Hebron, and to Param, king of Jermoth. And up on Japhia, king of Lechas, and unto Deborah, king of Elon, saying, Come up unto me and help me, and let us smite Gibeon, for it had made peace with Joshua with the children of Israel. Therefore, the five kings of the Amorites, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, it's interesting to the five kings of the Amorites and the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, because Hebron and Jerusalem. Before they became a full Jewish nation, most definitely had sided with the enemies, the five kings of the Amorites. 
I'll make another pause. When you when we do talk about the book of Jasher, I will read to you guys the accounts of what Judah and his brothers, with the exception of Benjamin and Joseph. Actually, have. we should definitely go ahead and read Mm-mm. that. Not yet. That, that'll literally tie it in with what you had said and read. All right. Add to it. All right, so let me go ahead and go to Firefox. Actually, let me go to Chrome because I have it on here. So, ladies and gents, you guys about to get <laughs> y'all about to have. We about to have some fun, ladies and gents. So, inside of, if I'm not mistaken, oh no, why my voice I cracked? Inside of Jesse Chapter Forty One. All right, Father God, I see how you set this up. This is the reason why you let me talk with the bro later on. So. I will actually no. This is the, isn't on that part. Yeah, that's right. That's after they sold Joseph. But let me see. No, let me actually go back to the thirties. Let me go back to the thirties because I'm like, hold on, wait a minute. That doesn't seem right. Because let's talk about Joseph and his brothers and how he got sold into Egypt, which the true nature of that story. Is <laughs> man, it's crazy. It is crazy. But as I'm trying to find right now, so bear with me. This is it's the chapter 35 or 34. Let me see. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. So inside the book of Jasher, the first 30 chapters. Is I kid you not, ladies and gents, it is one heck of a grand event. Oh, yeah, I'm about to read this quickly because this podcast is almost done. Dang, almost an hour almost went past by. Well, 41 minutes. Okay, so let me go ahead and say this. So, if you guys remember inside of the book of Genesis, the town of Sechem, there was a prince by the name of Sechem. He had raped Dinah, which is Joseph. And his brothers, sisters, and everything. What Moses didn't put that's mentioned inside of um, what should we call it? That's mentioned inside of the book of Jasher is that at their up like this, it's mentioned in Genesis that Dinah got raped, Simeon and Levi went into such him, marked the people out, right. I think for number second, Genesis doesn't really fully elaborate what actually truly went down with that. Because it's a whole lot more that happens. Because they graphic as AF. (laughs) I'll pull like this, ladies and gents, because (laughs) how Sechem did to Dinah, because they actually Abraham, not Abraham, but um, Jacob has sent some dudes to go grab his daughter back. Sachem had did a furry sexual act in front of the messengers that Jacob had sent because it could get Dinah back. That pissed off the brothers even more. Judah and them got pissed off at Jacob, the father, because he's like, bro, you literally let this fool do what he's doing and you not going to do nothing about it. So when God has Simeon and Levi with supernatural ability mark the people of Sechem, it literally went throughout the land that the kings of the Amorites, they heard about it. So when they heard about it, they was pissed off. They got, God has stopped them from the prayers of Abraham and Isaac because they were still living at the time. They were still living at the time. We are not to go out to war. But... What ended up happening was that they did go to war with the kings of the Amorites. And that is, we're going to, when we do part three of the podcast, I'm going to have to just go into the couch. So I'm going to go ahead and say this. So I'm going to read this. Chapter 37. <laughs> yeah, chapter 37. So. Oh, chapter 37. Chapter 37 of Jasher, ladies and gents. Here we go. I'm going to try to go quickly with this before this podcast ends. In the 105th year of Jacob, this is tie in with Joshua chapter 10, verse 13, when Joshua 
and then went up against the kings of the Amorites and whatnot. And that's the reason why God had the sun and the moon stay at its place, which has never happened again, even in this era, so that the children of Israel could destroy those individuals, which they did. But about a couple something hundred years before, inside the book of Jasher, not fully mentioned inside Genesis per se. Book of Jasher, chapter 13. In the 105th year of the life of Jacob, that is the ninth year of Jacob's dwelling with his children in the land of Canaan, he came to Pedan Abram. And in those days, Jacob journeyed with his children from Hebron. And they went and returned to the city of Setram. They all belonged to him. Because remember, after they destroyed Setram, they had stayed aside Setram. So, because here's the reason why. For the children of Jacob attained good and fat pasture land for the cattle in the city of Setram. The city of Setram having then been rebuilt, and there were in it about 300 men and women. And Jacob dwelt in the part of the field which Jacob, which Jacob had brought from Hamar, the father of Setram, where he came to Padam Aram before Simeon and Levi had destroyed the city. And all those kings of the Canaanites and Amorites that surrounded the city of Setram heard that the sons of Jacob had again came to Setram and dwelt there. And they said, Shall the sons of Jacob, the heat the city and dwell therein, after they had smitten its inhabitants and driven them out? Shall they now return and also drive out those who are dwelling in the city or slay them? And all the kings of Canaan again assembled, and they came together to make war with Jacob and his sons. And Joshua, king of Tapnach, sent unto all his neighboring kings, to Elon, king of Gosh. To Ahari, king of Shiloh, which I mentioned earlier, and to Paradon, king of Chazar, and to Susi, Susi king of Satar, and to Laban, king of Beth-Haran, and to Shabir, king of Athenayama, I think that's how you pronounce it, saying, Come up to me and assist me, and let us smite Jacob the Hebrew and his sons, and all belong to him. For they are again come to Setram, to possess it and to slay it as happened since as before. And all the kings assembled together and came with all their camps, the people exceedingly plentiful like the sand on the seashore. Said to Topnich. And Joshua, king of Topnich, went forward to them with all his army, and he had camped with them opposite the Topnich outside the city. And all these kings they divided into seven divisions, being seven camps against the sons of Jacob. Always recognize the number seven is synonymous but we'll come to that pretty soon 37 verse 11 I mean chapter 37 verse 11 and he sent a declaration to Jacob and his son saying come you all forth to us that we may have an interview together in the plain and revenge the cause of the men of Sedgum who you slew in their city and you will now again return to the city of Sedgum and dwell therein and slay his inhabitants as before uh, interview meaning let's have war and the sons of Jacob heard this, and their anger was kindled exceedingly at the words of the kings of Canaan. And ten of the sons of so let me read that. And the sons of Jacob heard this, and their anger was kindled exceedingly at the words of the kings of Canaan. And ten of the sons of Jacob hurried and rose up, and each of them girt on their weapons of war. And there were one hundred and two of the servants with them equipped in battle array. Here, how God can use a little bit of people against a big army. Let's continue. Chapter 37, verse 13. And all these men, the sons of Jacob with their servants, went towards these kings. And Jacob and their father was with them. And they all stood in the heap of Setram. And Jacob prayed to the Lord for his sons, and his spirit forth for his sons to the Lord. And he said, O oh God, you are an almighty God. You are our father. You did form us, and we are the work of your hands. I pray you deliver my sons through your mercy from the hands of their enemies who are this day coming to fight with them and save them from the hand. For in your hand is power and might to save the few from the many. And get to my sons your service strength of heart and might to fight with the enemies, to subdue them and make their... And let, let my sons be their service die through the hands of the children of Canaan. 
But if it seems good in your eyes to take them, take away the lives of my sons in his service, take them in your mercy through the hand of your ministers, that they may not perish this day by the hands of the kings of the Amorites. And when Jacob ceased praying to the Lord, the earth shook from his place, meaning the earth had vibrated. The sun darkened. All these kings were terrified. In a great consternation seized them. And the Lord listened to the prayer of Jacob, and the Lord impressed the hearts of all the kings and their hosts, mainly meaning with the terror and all the sons of Jacob. For the Lord caused them to hear the voice of chariots, and the voice of mighty horse from the sons of Jacob, and the voice of a great army accompanying them, meaning the Lord had other different spirits that came and scared the heck out of out these particular kings of the Amorites, to which they thought that Jacob had a very big army. Mind you, it's him and a, it's him and a hundred and one other individual. So God, and I will also say this too, for those of you that are afraid to talk to God, for those of you that are afraid of your bigger battles, God can use your biggest battles for his great gain, meaning what you think you're afraid of is truly nothing compared to what God can do with little. Because he can even make your enemies' enemies tremble at your feet. But whatever you're afraid of or even what you're afraid to accomplish, God can be with you to where you walk into a room and his glory shines through the individuals. You may not know anything about a particular topic. You might be in business. You might be having a family. You might just got a new house or new car. Or you might about to go into get your next promotion. And you or you might go to a new industry in a job for us. And you don't know nothing about it. You don't think that God could give you the information for the fear that you have to accomplish what he has called you to do. I'm doing part of my calling right now, which is crazy how God set this up within the podcast. Talk with my bro, Manny, to which the Lord of heaven and earth has blessed us. And I will come to the story of the sons of Jacob inside the book of Judges. Don't, don't trip. Don't trip. We will say that for another day because the podcast is almost over. And as much as I want to do a part three, I want to actually have this merit. You know what? You know what, ladies and gents? <laughs> you know what? This is a very special Saturday. I will read it to you. The story. So don't trip. I'm gonna have we're gonna have three parts tonight. Because like I said, this is a test. But I know some of you guys are very intrigued by what we are talking about. Some of you are saying that Jazz is not Kenigo, but we already just gave you scriptures of how Jash is related to the six six books. You know, you might want to leave it for, like, a cliffhanger. Let it soak it in. You know, I'll let it, you know, you're right, Brother Manny. I'm going to let it marinate. I'm going to let it marinate. I will let it marinate. I will say this, ladies and gents, while we are still in 53 minutes within this podcast before we do sign off. I'm doing part of my calling. I've been told by many individuals, my bro included. They was like, bro, you, you know, you'd be a teacher. And I'm like, some choice explicit words. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm not that type of teacher, to be honest, because I do stutter a lot. But you know what? Users, even, not- even Moses has stutter. <laughs> My bro does not stutter, so <laughs> most deaf. I'm gonna tell you guys right now. He's Moses. I'm Aaron. <laughs> no, no, look, look, look. I'm not that anointed guy. You know, okay? <laughs> He's gonna say, "Let my people go," and Moses gonna be the one say, "Brother Q, you gonna have to speak to the people." Why well, I gotta speak to the people? Cause you know how to speak eloquently to them. Bro, if you don't spoke, I got a stutter in speech. Like, come on now, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, Father God, I, I need Aaron to do his part, man. 
But you know what's funny though about that though, ladies and jets? The funny part about just mentioning that lets me know as well too that your boy is part of the tribe of Levi as well. Some folks, and I'm going to say this right now, especially for my brothers that are black Jews that said the original Jew is the black man, not realizing that the Jewish lineage is actually multicultural, multi-mix. Here's the reason why. Because we take a look at Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What Moses don't tell you guys is that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob all was taught by Noah and Shem. The events that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob went through, included with the Kings of the Emirates battle type thing. Which is quite funny because I'm imagining the Israelites, the Palestinians, the the Saint Mm-hmm. The hedron being of a bronze color, which means they're partially Persian <laughs> in certain ways. They're colored, man. They're, they're light and dark colored. Literally, we can have fights all over this because of the history of it. But I'll just put it this way. Jesus and the Day of the Palms was surrounded by multitude of people of many different cultural backgrounds, literally, just to just to see the Messiah. Sanhedrin's included. So you're gonna have a multitude of people from all walks of life being different types of color, even if the climate is cold, you can still see their color, literally. And you tell the truth. Uh, it has not changed from biblical times. All it is is some people that go to colder climates, they'll their pigmentations will, you know, recede and turn white. If other people come from colder climates over here, they'll get burned just a bit, turns into a bronze or a darker color, darker shape, just to survive. But literally, all the Sanhedrin, all the Jews, all the Catholics, all the Palestinians, as you want to call them, they're all walks of life. You gotta understand, the Day of the Palms, that Jesus was walking around kind of like in the parade, the celebration and the significance of that was the unity of people from all walkers, all, all part of the world, because we were all connected. That was the celebration for the Jesus being paraded. But continue, bro. I'm sorry. Well, mm. oh, because he's telling the truth. We have three more minutes left, ladies and gents. So, actually, about to be two more minutes left. So, as much as I want to elaborate more on that, I will say this. <laughs> you look at Ishmael, especially you look at Ishmael. Remember, his mama was the Egyptian when Sarai gave him to Abraham. So if you take a look at some of the Arabians and other Arabics, they are mixed with Jewish and Egyptian lineage. But you know, all of us are part of somebody in the same age. And I will also add this. As I mentioned earlier, for those that are afraid to do new and better things, walk into your purpose that God's called you to. I would never have thought in a million years I'd be doing a podcast with a good buddy of mine. And we're talking about different scriptures and getting excited about it. I know we're all over the, over the place tonight. But you know what? As I told my bro yesterday about self work, I said, we'll let the grace of the Holy Spirit flow through us. No, I ain't going to be perfect. But at the same time, Dude, my stuttering ass, I'm sorry for cussing. <laughs> <laughs> my stuttering is not helping at all. I put like this, ladies and gents. We all tend to fuck up from time to time. Excuse my language, not being a perfect Christian. But, well, <laughs> you know what? 
We are going to have a part three because this is about to end in a few seconds. As much as I want to do a cliffhanger, part one of this message that kind of screw up. So yes, we will have a part three happening tonight. Matter of fact, be right back. Few minutes.